and welcome everybody to FanStream Sports powered by DSP Media. This is the Fighting Irish Daily Blitz, and I'm your host, Rob Fitoff, also known as RPT. You can find me on X at PFitoff. This is episode 111, 111 of the Fighting Irish Daily Blitz. This will be the pit preview. But first things first, head over to our website at fanstreamsports.com. For all additional podcast information, if you have an Apple device or an Android device, please feel free to download the FanStream Sports app. Then head over to our Facebook page, like that page, additional content out there as well. Please feel free to share that with your friends and family. Notre Dame is coming off a bye week, so obviously we did not play last week. Coming at 6-2, currently ranked 14th. Pitt is coming off a heartbreaking loss at Wake Forest where they lose with, uh, with about seven seconds left to play. Let's put it bluntly, they blew that game. They should be coming in at two and five. They're not, or no, three and four, I should say. They're coming in at two and five. So coulda, shoulda, woulda. Uh, just some basics about this game. This is a home game for Notre Dame at Notre Dame Stadium. So this will be on NBC, be at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And just to give you an idea of how Pitt's season is going, which is not too well, uh, they do have some common opponents uh, that we play because Notre Dame, with that ACC tie-in with all the, um, we play ACC all other sports except for uh, football, which we're independent, and then uh, hockey, we're in the Big Ten. But since we have that ACC affiliation, we have to play at least five uh, ACC opponents during the football season, and obviously uh, Pitt is one of them this year. But they got off to a good start against, but it was against Wofford. They won 45 to seven, but then they go on this losing streak. They lose to Cincinnati, 27 to 21. West Virginia 17 to 6, North Carolina 41 to 24, Virginia Tech 38 to 21, so losing by at least two touchdowns, if not more. And then they lost to Wake Forest this past weekend, 21 to 17. But the week before that, common opponent, they played Louisville at Heinz, I was going to say Heinz Field, now Acrisure Stadium, because they share the facilities with the Steelers. They beat Louisville 38 to 21. It'll be three weeks this coming Saturday where we lost to Louisville. Unacceptable loss. Coaches were not prepared. They didn't get their players prepared for that game. And I'll say it to the end of the season, if not longer. Just an unacceptable loss. And we had no business losing that game. But that one common opponent, Pitt did beat Louisville 38-21. to Another common theme for this game, former Notre Dame players. And actually two of those players are Notre Dame graduates. So graduate transfers to Pitt. Sebo uh, Flemister, I think you remember that name. He was part of the 2020 uh, playoff team. And I always thought when he got in the game, he did a solid job. He wasn't the fastest guy, but always got those tough yards, broke some tackles here and there, did have some off-the-field issues. But it seems like he's cleared that up. I he- haven't heard about any sort of issues at Pitt. And he's currently the Pitt's, lead- Pitt's leading rusher right now. And he uh, graduated from Notre Dame with an anthropology degree. So it looks like Sebo's doing a pretty good job at Pitt right now, but he was getting buried in that depth chart. Uh, I always call it the five-headed monster at running back that we have right now at Notre Dame. He would not have been playing at all, so it was best for him to transfer, but he did get that Notre Dame degree. Uh, Shane Simon, kind of compare him to, even though he wasn't as talented as Maris Leofow, I know I always get on Maris Leofow's case, but it is what it is. Just seeing when he would get in the game, you look at the stat sheet, and I know stats aren't, the entire part of the game. There's a lot of intangibles as well. But I didn't even see that with Shane Simon. Getting the game, zero tackles. It just seems like he got lost in the weeds at Notre Dame. But he did graduate from Notre Dame as well. And he's doing a solid job at Pitt. I'll get into his stats a little bit later. But um, he did graduate with a business degree. And now he's getting his MBA at Pitt. 
The big name that you'll probably recognize the most, Phil Dracovic. He was at Notre Dame. He backed up Ian Book for two years. And it just didn't look like he was going to be the starter, at least not uh, within the time frame he was expecting. He ended up going to Boston College uh, for three years. That really didn't work out as well. And then he transfers to Pitt. Well, this year it's not really working out for him as well. He ends up getting uh, demoted from the QB staff. And now he's a backup tight end of all things at Pitt. And right now their quarterback is, I had to get a lot of notes out because a lot of interchanging parts at for the Pitt football program right now. A Canadian quarterback is uh, their current starter, Christian Velo. He's got five touchdowns to two interceptions and 647 yards passing. But Phil Dracovic, uh, he did end up graduating from, so he's a graduate transfer from Boston College now, and uh, he's the backup tight end. Uh, so some uh, some firm, former Notre Dame players, two Notre Dame graduates as well uh, on the Pitt program, and then a third player being Phil Dracovic, uh, not a Notre Dame graduate, but a former Notre Dame player. So if we look at, I don't want to focus too much or anything at all. We know Sam Hartman's the top rated passer for Notre Dame. Aldrick Estime, top rusher. Mitchell Evans, I do not like that. He is the leading receiver. I want an actual wide receiver to be the leading wide receiver for Notre Dame at some point during the season. Hopefully that's the case. But Mitchell Evans is the current uh, leading receiver for Notre Dame. Uh, but because Phil Dracovic was uh, demoted as the starting quarterback, uh, and then as a backup tight end, he still leads in those passing categories uh, because Christian Velo has only played in about three games, I believe, for Pittsburgh. So Phil Dracovic, he had 18 yards passing, six TDs to three interceptions. Sebo Flemister, the former Notre Dame running back, uh, 68 carries, 282 yards for two touchdowns. And I always can, I can never get this name right. So I want to make sure. Kanata Mumfield is their leading receiver. Uh, 30 receptions, 347 yards for three TDs, and very similar to our leading receiver, who's a tight end in Mitchell Evans. Uh, Pitt is not the greatest offensively. Um, if I look at part of my notes here, I wanted to make sure I had mentioned this. The Panthers ranked 19th worst in total yards per game offensively, 320 yards per game, but they've been better on the defensive side. That's always the case with Pitt, even when they don't have great teams like this year. Defensively, they're always going to be pretty solid. Uh, they rank 26th in the FBS rankings, and they're giving up 325 yards per game. 195 is passing, and then 127 yards on the ground. As I said earlier, former Notre Dame player Shane Simon, Notre Dame graduate as well. He's having a solid season at linebacker, 25 tackles, four tackles for loss, and three sacks. But even though this is a game we should win, and I am picking Notre Dame to win this game, it's coming off a bye. They've never put back, like last year, they had an awful loss to Stanford. Uh, they kind of had a so-so game against UNLV the, the next week. But then I will give this to Marcus Freeman. After those dis that disappointing loss to Stanford and a disappointing performance against UNLV, even though they won that game, they they annihilated Clemson the, the, the next week. And... They had a bad loss against USC last year, but then they come back in the Gator Bowl and they beat a, a decent South Carolina team. This year, awful loss to Louisville. They come back and annihilate USC. We're finding out though, and I said this when we beat USC, I, I don't think we should have been rushing the field for a game we were favored by two and a half points. 
and USC great offense. But I forgot to mention this too. The weather that game was about 60, 65 degrees. And for us in the Midwest, we may be in a hoodie, even shorts that game. They acted like the abominable snowman was coming to get them, you know, face coverings, hats. And I just knew they didn't want to be there. And we're finding out too, that's more of a finesse team. They're not in uh, in the trenches type of team, a physically tough type of team. And and Utah beat them again this weekend. And I was, I, even though I, I do not like, I mean, I, I understand, even though that's our rival, but I always like the teams that we play to keep winning because that makes us look better. Well, then losing to Utah, and I still think they have to go to Oregon. Then they have Washington. You're looking at this USC team that maybe finishes seven and five. So is this really a big win? But I will say, though, they shut down that offense. Uh, they won. They dominated that game 48 to 20. At least Utah can, or we can say Utah really didn't shut down USC. But the problem was USC just couldn't stop uh, Utah. And that's the thing I want with this buy right now. Last year, to bring back USC, uh, Al Golden had a poorly, uh, a poor game plan for that game against their offense, especially for Caleb Williams. He ran all over us, passed all over us, whatever you want to call it. But he learned from that experience and he put together a phenomenal game plan against USC uh, two weeks ago, or it will be two weeks this coming Saturday. Al Golden learned. What has Jared Parker learned during this bye week? That's what I'm concerned about. And that's what I want to see. Jared Parker has really got, to, I'm not expecting the 2019 LSU team that probably the best offense I've ever seen for college football. You know, the Joe Burrows, the Jamar Chase, I think Jamar Jefferson was on that team. Uh, uh, Claire Edward Hilaire, whatever that running back's name was. Phenomenal team. What has Jared Parker done during this bye week? I'm not expecting the 2019 LSU team, but I'm not expecting either the performances that during the OSU game, the Duke game, and the Louisville game, and even the USC game, because the defense pretty much won that game for us. I want to see the progression I wanted to see after the first three games where we look great against Navy, Tennessee State, and Central Michigan. I know those are inferior teams, but these next four games to me are against inferior teams. Clemson's got a great defense. Don't get me wrong there. That'll be, we'll see what happens during that game. But Clemson's reeling right now too. That team's a mess as what well, uh, currently. And we need to exploit that when we play them in two weeks. But Pitt is not a great team. Uh, Wake Forest is not a great team. Stanford, they're not like our first three opponents, but they're inferior to Notre Dame's talent is what I'm trying to say. Also, for this four-game season, if I'm Marcus Freeman right now, I'm taking a, a little bit out of the Bill Cower book from 1995. I'm a Steeler fan. The Steelers, during 1995, a lot was expected out of them. They had lost a heartbreaking loss that they never should have lost to, the Chargers in the AFC Championship game the previous year. But a lot of people were picking the Steelers to go uh, to the Super Bowl that year. They start the season three and four. They're reeling. They just lost to the Bengals, who were not uh, – they were bad that – that's like the Jeff Blake. Jeff Blake was a decent quarterback, but I digress. That was not like a Bengals team that you see now for the past two out of three years. Bill Cowher says, hey, this first, this, these first seven games have not worked out, but we're going to X out those first seven games, nine games left. It's a nine-game season. It's not a 16-game season anymore. It's a nine-game season. Let's just make a playoff or a, a push for the playoffs and see what happens. 
what did the Steelers do? They finished eight and one. They shouldn't have finished nine and oh. Last game of the season, uh, Christmas Eve, Yancey Thickpen drops a pass uh, in the end zone at Lambeau Field. Should have finished nine and oh. They didn't. But the thing was, the uh, the division, uh, uh, the conference champion, or not the conference, the division, which would have been what, the AFC Central at the time before it became the AFC North. So we had won the Central anyway, and I think we were playing with some backup players, but they took care of business is what I'm trying to say. Ended up making it to the Super Bowl. However, they lost the Super Bowl to the Cowboys. Real quick tidbit before I get sidetracked again, uh, Neil O'Donnell. Neil O'Donnell doesn't have two just bonehead plays where he literally throws two interceptions to Larry Brown when we're driving. And the last one being when we're driving to actually win the game. I'll never understand that. Neil O'Donnell, I don't know if it's still the case, but at the time, uh, he was the lowest percentage-wise uh, for interception ratio or whatever that stat was. So the amount of interceptions that he threw were the lowest in NFL history at the time. And he throws two of the most boneheaded interceptions to pretty much cost us the game and another Super Bowl. But I digress. That was Super Bowl 30. Uh the 96 new year. But what I'm trying to say is Bill Cowher said, screw the rest of the season. That's what Marcus Freeman has to say, or not the rest of the season, but the prior part of the season. Yes, right now we're six and two. We're not going to go to the playoffs. We still have a chance to go to a New Year's Six Bowl, finish 10 and two, win that New Year's Six Bowl, the first big bowl game win in 30 years to finish 11 and two, and to finish in the top 10. Probably we'd finish probably about Anywhere from six or eight, I would believe, if we do finish that. If that if I'm Marcus Freeman right now, I'm saying four and oh. We have got to finish four and oh right now. Take care of business against Pitt. Let's not even make a game out of this. I know they got a solid defense, but let's just get this game over in the first half or early in the second half. Clemson, they're reeling, take care of business at Clemson. That will be a tough game, I still think, even though they're they're kind of a mess right now. Then senior day, Wake Forest, Sam Hartman's playing his former team, take care of business early there. Then go out to Stanford, take care of business early as well. Finish 4-0. That's what he has to say. Forget about the, these, these first uh, eight games. A lot of opportunities we missed. Price still should be in the playoff hunt, but we're not. So having said that, what do I think for this game? I haven't seen... I've seen it before where... Yes, we've played a bad game, had a loss, and then come back, you know, last year against Clemson, last year against South Carolina, this year against USC. Can we do it consistently? I always say you got to show me. And until they do that, I think it's probably a struggle because until I see this offense, I, I hope Jared Parker has figured some of this out, but I see us struggling. Uh, the defense making plays, giving us some short fields like they did against USC. And unfortunately... Even though I think this is a win, I think it's going to be a struggle. I hope I'm dead wrong. I hope, hey, we come out, look like gangbusters, you know, just this this offense is just spreading the, uh, or just, uh, how can I say this, uh, uh, you know, spreading the field with, uh, you know, big gains, the running game, the passing game, and we win by three or four touchdowns because Notre Dame is, they're favored by, what is the spread on this game? It's actually... 20 points. We're favored by 20 points. I would love that. I'd love to win by 28 like we did against USC. But you got to show me because this offense, they didn't even look good against USC in my opinion. Yes, they converted those turnovers to points. 
with those were short fields. I want to see these 80 yards, 70 yard, yard drive. Like I said, just come out firing on all cylinders. But until I see it, I'm going to say Notre Dame 21, Pitt 13. Hope I'm dead wrong. I've said that a lot this year. I hope I'm dead wrong. I hope I'm dead wrong with this one too. Not with the win, but with the, the, uh, the margin of victory is what I'm trying to say. And then that propels us into Clemson, Wake Forest, Stanford. And then let's get in that New Year's Six Bowl and finish it off. Just trying to think anything else to say here. That's about it. That's about it. Um, hope Jared Parker, I can't say enough. You see some progression from that bye week. I do not want to be playing trestle ball. If we play trestle ball, that's not, that's not making any progress after this bye week. And for this offense that looks so good in those first three weeks, but we shall see. So thank you so much for joining me for episode 111, 111 of the Fighting Irish Daily Blitz. And as always, go Irish.